Hello, everyone. This is Noble from Noble Relating, the podcast of the New Paradigm. And I'm back again this week with another episode with another special guest, uh, the goddess Jesse. Say hello, Jesse. Hey, how you doing? Peace and blessings, everybody. Uh, thank you for doing this. I know this is real spur of the moment. I've been wanting to have you on for a little bit. Um, just for the people, like we only, I've only met you once uh, when we were in LA, if I mm-hmm. remember right. And um, you really struck me like you were very, you know, you had a lot of very like goddess energy about you. You were very much onto like a very spiritual um, vibe. You were very calm, you seemed very open. Um, and I knew that you were like somebody like I really would like to you know, continue to talk to and like definitely somebody I wanted to have on the podcast at some point. Thank so you. Yeah. yeah, I'm very honored that you were um, able to do this with me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. So um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, because um, I don't know a whole lot about you personally either. So I think it'd be a good way for us to kind of, you, know, um, you know, get to know each other while you're getting to know uh, everybody else getting to know you also. So um, okay. are you are you polyamorous? Are you married? What's your situation right now? What's your status? Um, I, I am polyamorous. Um, I think I've been polyamorous my whole life ever since. Um, I mean, I think about, uh, you know, when you're a little kid and, you know, you have nap time and, you know, you, you, you know, playing with, with you know, your, your, your little boyfriend in your class. Like I was always, you know, I, I've had little boyfriends and I had little girlfriends, you know, um, <laughs> um, and that's always been like that. And I always say like, um, you know, I used to watch Archie comics. I mean, not watch them, read them, read the comics. Really? Okay. And you know, oh. Archie had Betty and Veronica. And I used to think when I was a little girl, like how could he choose? Like I couldn't necessarily choose per se. <laughs> and uh-huh. I feel like that molded me um, to, you know, always being um, somebody that definitely believed that you can love more than one person, connect with more than one person and have a range of relationship types and styles with more than one person. So, you know, I have been married before and was uh, like formally um, and, you know, was in a closed triad and, you know, I've been in, you know, quads and solo poly. Like I've done poly in many different ways. Um, currently, you know, I am um love nest and so we can maybe go into what a love nest is and all those things but um the love and the support and the connections is, is very strong um in my life currently oh awesome that sounds beautiful um mm-hmm. i definitely would like to know what a love nest is love nest is like how would you define that right so um i had a revelation one day uh on how to define how um, I love or how uh, relationship and I'm not really I don't relate like a human you know like in the western society you're with that person and y'all are doing y'all's thing together I would say that I'm more kind of like a bird in a sense more like nature right and so I'm I'm the mama bird of the nest and Mm -hmm. um you know the my nest my love nest is supported by many branches and so i would say that the people that i love or that support me um and that could be men that could be women it could be non-intimate or intimate um all have nest i mean all have branches that build my love nest so what i my love is built on and what supports me is through you know people that i currently um 
am loving and even people of the past. So I would consider like my ex-husband, he has a, a branch or branches in my loveness because that's love that I had that helped me build um, how I love today. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be current people um, that I'm engaging with. But if I have loved you throughout my lifetime, then you are a part of those branches that built a very strong loveness for me. Because, you know, if you look at a nest, like most of the branches are like dead. They're like twigs, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say if I have an intimate relationship, let's say it's, a, it's strictly a physical relationship, then you have a very thick branch in my loveness for sure, right? Yeah, okay, um, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, from there, um, I have the people in my life that I am building or I am birthing something with. And so the people that I am building or I'm birthing something with, they have eggs in my love nest, right? Mm -hmm. so, so I laid these eggs. This is my nest, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm laying these eggs. So, you know, let's say like, you know, you and I are working on this show right now, you know? And so that's something that we're birthing together. And so then that's, you know, an egg that we are nurturing. And some eggs, you know, they grow. Um, and when they grow and they're nurtured to a certain degree, they hatch and it becomes another bird. And so then I would say once that grows to a certain degree, that's where more of some of the standard things in relationships as far as maybe certain levels of exclusivity, certain levels of commitment and things like that are arranged uh, based on what it is that we are doing together. That could be business. It could be uh, a committed relationship where we live together. It could be um, um, spiritual um, uh, things, work we're doing together. Um, and so if that egg grows to hatch, then we're lovebirds together. Then, you know, then now you're a bird in my nest. And, you know, that would probably be in the realm of like primary partners, you know, husbands or what have you, you know, in that realm. And, you know, some eggs don't hatch all the way. They don't make it. You know, they're nurtured to a certain degree and, 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 you know, they go, they go from there. Um, but let's say once the egg is hatched, you know, birds, they fly the nest. Some birds leave and they go get food and they bring food back to the nest and, and feed every, you know, everything and everyone that's in it. Some birds fly away and they never come back. Sometimes the mama bird kicks the bird out of the nest. Time to fly. So, um, you know, I, birds lay multiple eggs at a time. It just depends on whatever the mama bird can handle. And I am a very big and strong mama bird and I can handle, you know, whatever comes my way that edifies and, and is going to grow me strong eggs that will turn into very strong co-birds, you know, in my nest. And so that's kind of how I look at my relationship life, that it isn't necessarily um, in the people sense, but it's more who are the people in my life that I am birthing or building things with. And those are my primary relationships that I really nurture and that I um, have a certain level of commitment to. And then I still have tons of other people in my life that are the branches that support my love. And that's how the love nest works. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense to me. I think some people who may be listening uh, may be a little confused. So I'm just going to ask some follow-up follow questions. Okay. Because uh, to me, that sounds beautiful. Like, I completely understand um, what it is that you're saying and what you're trying to do. Um, I structure my love like a kind of like a basketball team. 
Mm -hmm. I, I told you about it on two podcasts before, but we're going to keep it focused on you right now. Okay. Um, it seems, I think some people may look at that and see like, it doesn't seem stable listening to that. No, is that, it, do you think there is stability in that? Or is that even something that you're really looking to create as a sense of stability? Well, I guess you have to define what stability means. You know, um, so let's say standard marriage, right? A lot of people say, well, what, what are the qualifications for somebody that you'll want to marry? For me, I could not exclusively partner and marry someone that I could not go into business with. Right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, um, having someone that has good business acumen and that we build entities together, we invest money together. We, you know, uh, even could have a bank account, an LLC, those different things together. That's, that's commitment. That's, you know, stability to me shows actual action of things that whether if we were standard married in Western society or not, we would probably have those things if mm -hmm. we were in a committed relationship. But me having the loveness doesn't stop me from saying I can only have it with this one person that I call my one husband. I could have I have three wives. I have three women in my life that I call my wives. Mm. And they are just as um important in supporting me and things that I do in my life um as if I had a romantic partner that's a male and you know we do you know business together we decide to have a child together or whatever that is. So mm. I mean I feel like I still have the um tools and the things that any other relationship would use besides maybe a marriage license, but not excluding. I mean, it could happen. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> I get that. One thing I wanted to ask you about is um, a concept that I came across recently that um, you had even brought to my attention. Mm -hmm. um, what would you, what would be your thoughts around uh, the concept of um, high value love? Because I think there's been a lot of talk with um, different YouTubers and uh, people on social media talking about how value men, right? What they bring to the table and what they want and from women and what women need. You know what I'm saying? All, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, what would you consider um, a high value love situation? Right. Yeah. So that is something that we talked about um, because I feel like the high value woman and the high value man is focused around quantifying um what I, I, like putting a metric in dollar amount really onto what a person can bring into table they're either talking about labor or they're probably talking about money mm -hmm. and um i think that that closes off a huge like section of what you know the grand scheme of connecting with people is really all about and that they should focus on high value love and that's like kind of where i end up going back to like you know the loveness of um, someone or people that nurture you in a more holistic point of view. So even if it's one person, you know, mm -hmm. there are so many different forms of like, let's say intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, oh, you, you, are you an eight or a 10? You, you, you skinny or you fat? Uh, you, what kind of job? How much money you make? That is, um, really just one compartment of what you know love could actually offer where 
if we're talking about high value love, we're talking about someone that's going to give you a level of emotional intimacy where, you know, they could be authentic and share their thoughts and feelings with you, their fear. So defining high value love, um, I think it takes you from quantity quantifying what a person can do to you to qualifying the quality of what a person can do for you right and so i like to look at a few different types of intimacy um when we're talking about love high value love and you know everyone like if you're dealing like you and i you may not hit every section of these um intimate areas but if I look at the quality of what you do give in each individual one, I would say that's a good way to look at you having high value love. If they maybe hit most of the marks are, are exceptionally high in a few of the areas. So one area is emotional intimacy. And mm. Emotional intimacy is going to be where you can really be authentic with this person. You can share your thoughts and your feelings with this person. And it's a safe space, right? So safety, security, and all those things. That's that root chakra going in the sacral type of, of uh, support that you would be needing from a person, regardless on how much money they made, what their body size would look like, and if, you know, all those things, right? The next type of intimacy is intellectual intimacy so being able to communicate and express your viewpoints and your beliefs um and even getting a reciprocating feedback and like a sounding board so to speak so that you can feel closer to the person because they care about your views they care about your independent thinking and they care about even the differences that you guys have and respect that so that intellectual intimacy is another indicator or area that you can look at as a as having good quality high value love mm. another area would be experimental intimacy right so how so you got to kind of have like the first two to really be able to have good experimental intimacy because you have to feel safe you have to be able to express and communicate to even try you know new things or explore you know the sexual scope or bdsm or you know ex- tantra you know those different things where you want to experiment you know let's put some food in the bedroom whatever it is um, <laughs> but that level of intimacy is to me what keeps sparks flying into your high value love if you can have a level of experimental intimacy because flames can be blazing and they can sizzle down and die and 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 go to nothing or they could be like a little smoldering you know coal for a long time but if there's sparks then that coal can always come back up to be a flame and i think that that's another good quality of showing that you have high value love and then i would say probably of course my area that i definitely love would be spiritual intimacy right so we're not necessarily talking about religious per se but it can be but this is really more um worshiping your partner worshiping y'all's environment um uh serving and and supporting 
um, your partner's spiritual elevation or their, because they're going to transform and they're going to have their rebirth of changing who they even are while y'all are together. And so mm-hmm. if you have somebody that um, to the to the most westernized, like just prays with you and those kind of things to, you know, how things are in, in this more modern culture where they're going to make sure that you do rituals and that you doing your self-love work and spiritual baths and sex magic and all those things. Well, that gets back into the experimental. But <laughs> nevertheless, there's a high level of spiritual intimacy where you maybe not even have to be physical with the person or when you are physical with the person you have this experience more in a ethereal and the spiritual realm of things where you can connect in this realm with this person and in many others and when you have those four legs to that intimacy table i think that that is a good indicator so if i was like you know long you know we know who we talk about with the high value woman and man thing you know, and he says, "What? Well, how old are you? Da, 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 da. You know, what's your dress size? I would say, okay, well, what's your emotional intelligence like? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how uh, well are you at, you know, receiving someone's emotions at their highs and their lows? Things like that. Those are questions I would ask. Then I would ask, well, you know, how, how um, well is your mental strength? Is your mental strength? You know, are you dealing with anxiety, depression, bipolar, um, panic attacks? And how well are you equipped to support somebody who is? Or how well are you to support someone who's extremely confident and extremely outgoing and extremely sociable? And that would help me determine the level of intellectual intimacy strength they had. And then on the experimental, you know, how open-minded are you? You know, how how willing are you to try new things and get outside of your comfort zone or trust your partner to do things you've never done, but you're willing to try it with them because they would like it and you and you want to go on that journey with them. That would mm-hmm. help me determine their level of experimental intimacy. And then, of course, you know, on the spiritual intimacy, you know, how how open are you and knowledgeable are you of self? How much knowledge of self do you have? How much knowledge of of the universe, of the world, of the of the measurements of the world? You know, do you understand the laws of nature? Do you understand the laws of physics? You know, do you understand how life works? And are you willing to learn more and explore with me, and also share what you know with me for me to expand? And those are the things that I would ask someone in the spiritual intimacy side. And when we put all of those things together, that is how I would say, ma'am. No, you, you, you know, you, you need to check yourself. You need to work on it because you don't give high value love. So you can't possibly be in a position to receive it or the opposite. So that is my kind of like outlook on, on high value love. And then when you couple it with, um, being more open as far as having some of the non-possession, uh, polyamory, or even just like open relating and things like that that really allows you to fully create a structure for yourself that supports you as a person, as a goddess, as a God to have high value love because you can, yes, try to find one person that's going to give you, you know, 85, 90, whatever percent of what you're looking for. 
And that may be okay for some people. But mm -hmm. truly, you know, I say hit it like a condom, 99.9%. <laughs> um, expand that viewpoint and to even expand who you define as, as people you love. Because I, like I said, I have three wives. One of mm -hmm. them is a total platonic relationship. Never mm -hmm. anything. It's not, but I give her support like how a husband would give a wife. And she mm -hmm. gives me support in a domestic, devoted type way how a wife would. And that right. is important to me. And I need that in my life. And that only boosts the value of the love that I have. But do I still have a man in my life that you know it, it, we go out and we're intimate and you know my, my tire i need help with my tire you know yeah i still have that but he doesn't have that feminine touch that i desire in in what i say high value love is and i'm able to get that because i expand my mindset of my my loves or my wives or my partners in my life to beyond just my one committed romantic relationship. Right. Oh, yeah. I said I'm not, I know I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why you're on here. That was beautiful. Um, do you have a, 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 a concrete vision of what you're trying to create? Like, are you in the creation that you really want for yourself ultimately right now? Or is it like something else that you're really are wanting to manifest for yourself when it comes to relationships? Oh, man. I, I think that I definitely um, am I'm creating it um, right now because I think that for the most part, polyamory is looked at as something of a stepping stone from monogamy, right? So usually mm -hmm. we're talking about a married couple. Maybe they're coming out of a bad place and they're trying to get into a better place or, you know, but it's two and then, you know, what have you, right? Where mm -hmm. for me, I am really building a new uh, space where I build polyamory from the ground up. That it ne is not necessarily based in coupling and monogamy um, from the beginning. And then we grow from two and go whatever. So I am a goddess. I am, I guess, technically, maybe you would say single. But I am growing um, and cultivating multiple relationships at the same time. And, you know, my God, and I would say if, you know, for people listening, it's probably more on the she's got to have it style of things. Right. right, right. Um, and I mean, the goal would be, of course, for me to have. Um, I mean, all the connections that I have are substantial. There, nothing is like, oh, I'm just whatever with that person. I don't just toss people to the side like that. Um, but I would say that ideally, you know, it would be to have multiple male partners that were at a level of what you would call a husband. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, my three wives, they always going to be there. They're a combo package with me for any, any relationship that I have. And I'm open, you know, for more because I also get into other sides of life in Tantra and BDSM as a sensual dom and as a sub. So, you know, if I had a, a, a dom in my life that we had a dom sub relationship, that's another dynamic, you know, even though it's based in something different than a standard romantic relationship. So I definitely feel like I'm living in it, but I'm still molding the clay 
and mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it's firm and dry yet. Um, and I'm Aquarius, so it, it you know, it, it could mm -hmm. always switch up. <laughs> but I'm in the phase of understanding that I'm a woman that's probably never going to be satisfied with just one um, man, and mm -hmm. that I also am a am a goddess that is able to radiate feminine and masculine energy to people and so that i will i will probably always have more of a community style support where i am you know in the center of my universe and there's many legs or, or things that that extend off of me so right that's what okay. i'm i got going on but everyone is a part mm -hmm. of the loveness and um everybody um you know has has their own place of importance and things that we are birthing together mm -hmm. that's interesting um as you were talking i was just thinking about the concept of uh, unconditional love mm -hmm. do you believe that it's possible for people to love unconditionally like just because of how western society kind of structures love is very conditional even though people say they want an unconditional love, I don't think a lot of people even really understand what that looks like. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like it's a, a um, what do you call it, like a buzz type thing, unconditional love, like it sounds good. Mm -hmm. um, I also believe in understanding your needs, your wants, and your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And communicating that. And those things would translate in one form of another to probably a condition so i'm mm -hmm. not gonna say that i don't believe in it because um mothers for the most part have that unconditional love you know my baby mm -hmm. went to jail he murdered somebody that's still my baby you know mm -hmm. what I mean? but um for me i have realized in my maturity that i do have like i have a partner we have a deeply physical relationship and a very great friendship. If he stopped mm -hmm. me that dick, we it's not no. No. <laughs> Hell no to the no no no. And that's the um, you know. Uh -huh. Um and I and my thing is, you know, um I learned in previous, you know, relationships or run relationship about, you know, relationship contracts. And I do believe that in Western society, they like to frame it up as unconditional, but mm -hmm. that's not the truth. And I think that when people realize, hey, it's okay to have um, expectations. It's okay to have needs and wants. And mm -hmm. then it'll be okay for them to actually be met. You know, then maybe it won't be such a like, unconditional love is good and conditional love is bad mm, okay i get that mm -hmm. how do you like so you date both men and women is that correct mm -hmm. um have what has been your what's your perception on how um black men or men in general do do poly like, how do you feel about um, how men are showing up in polyamorous settings? You think they right. do it pretty well, or is that um, like something that you feel like is kind of lacking? Um, well, I think that we're going in the right direction. I think that men are starting to understand that you don't have to lie to kick it. You know, mm -hmm. so there are men. Oh yeah, I'm a womanizer. I'm. They are poly. Men have been living poly their whole life, 
right? Mm-hmm. But they don't call it that. They call it being a player or they call it, you know, my side chicken, my this or whatever, right? And um, I find that women who come in their truth um, are starting to allow men to feel safer to be able to be like, oh yeah, you know, I went out and such and such was trying to get me and, you know, it, it'd be an okay thing to communicate um, that you have things going on versus acting like I'm the only thing there and having the finesse to continue to get my love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like um, men are communicate uh, better. They are starting to realize that they have to let go of possession in their ego um like i i you know dating somebody and um you know still in 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 a certain phase of it we know that there's polyamory going on and you know Mm -hmm. um this person may have somebody like living with them that there's their partner and i know and it's totally fine Mm -hmm. they're not very knowledgeable on the things that i have going on um even though they know that there are other things going on and they may still kind of shoot some little you know things to say oh i don't know what you got going on over there you got a you know oh what you your hoes or what you know that kind of thing right mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and we know that that's coming from a you know an ego space or or a, or a, a scared space so to speak um and I, I think that eventually um we will get to a point where one men understand that we are really a lot more the same than we are different you know, mm-hmm. so, I don't know what we got going on over there. I said, Yeah, you do. I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. I am doing the same thing. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, that's what I'm doing. You know, right. and then, you know, they could get a little worried, right? But um, I think that they're starting to realize, you know what I'm saying? The That there's a mirror versus a competitor, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, I also feel like, um, you know the standard men having multiple women but women only being to the man um i i believe that that is starting to really be released mm-hmm. um you know even though it's still a long way to go um and that to me will set everybody free mm-hmm. you know even if um just a woman understanding that it's no issues with her being as free as she needs to be she may end up just sitting on the same dick you know it's not about necessarily going and whatever with everybody it's more about I know I have these freedoms and you also acknowledge those freedoms too and so I feel like it's a transition happening to where polyamory isn't so one-sided to married couples and it isn't so one-sided to men and multiple women right Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm gonna say on the positive side that we are going in the right direction I think that the 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 ladies men's and the womanizers are starting to um let go of what they felt like was like their power um Mm -hmm. and just starting to be a lot more honest um and you know then the value of the love goes up right I feel you. I think that um, I'm optimistic about the future myself. I really am. I feel like um, things can get better. Well, one thing I tend to notice is I know several women um, who feel like mostly women who are single 
uh, who've never been married, uh, typically tend to say that they really just want one person, maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of married women, uh, women who've been married for like you know 20 or 30 years, who's like, man, I really wish I had something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, can you maybe speak about that at all? Like, why do you think Absolutely. that is? <laughs> Um, so I, I had that experience. So I was married for almost seven years and whenever, but my marriage was different. We were, um, polyamorous, you know, um, to begin with, but I was very much like my husband was the only man in the world. I didn't even want any other dick, but I did like women. And, you know, so we would like have a threesome every quarter or something like that. And then eventually we had a girlfriend and, um, and the thing is, you don't know how you're going to be until you get into that situation and then not even get into it, but live in it for an extended amount of time. So right. for me, it was great when it was just me and my, you know, and we were, you know, fucking women and doing our thing, whatever. And then once we actually had a living girlfriend and he was starting to be fulfilled holistically overall because I'm not the girl that's gonna like play video games all the time or do like like you know kind of like having a boy best friend kind of you know mm-hmm. right I'm, right in my goddess I'm in my feminine I'm not you know that's just not my thing so he had somebody that he could do those things with and I was fine with it but then it created space for my mind pussy body to linger and say, you know what? I want to go out. I want to go networking. I want to do, you know, go to other concerts and things that my my husband, you know, didn't really care for. He would have did them, you know, but that really wasn't his thing. And so when I'm sitting for, you know, I don't know, however long, and this person, I'm sharing the energy because I'm living, we're all living together. I'm sharing the energy with another woman right and he's getting you know double you know eventually things do evolve where one you may want some individual attention from somebody right Mm -hmm. and then two you may want a compliment or a supplement from what you're not getting um inside of your relationship and so I always I can't remember who said this. It might have been Jennifer Lewis or some like you know OG black woman in the game was like, oh, one thing about a woman is that we have a right to change our mind. And so mm-hmm. a woman who told you, oh, I just want one person, whatever, they're coming from a place of having none. So they're gonna take what they could get. But then once mm-hmm. you start to live in a higher value of love, the infinite possibilities of what you can have and what you need and what you want expands. So then yes, I want this and I want that I mean I, I mean I will take two husbands three boys three wives two girlfriends I would probably and I think I would be <laughs> oh, whole you know but that right. may change over time you know I don't have children I don't have you know so it's just variables of life and understanding what I've learned about relationships over time is that how you feel now is probably not going to be how you're going to feel you know three to five years from now and you need to be okay and your partner needs to be okay that change is inevitable mm, mm-hmm. wow, that's, um, that's potent like I really um, I definitely understand that like I think that's definitely something that um, I ran into a lot like I was speaking to a client today 
just about because she's no, not married and she doesn't have children either. Uh, she swears that now she's monogamous, but one of her main issues in her long-term relationship was just the fact that uh, her husband was hitting on all, I mean, her boyfriend was hitting on all cylinders. He was doing everything that she needed, but they didn't have a strong sexual connection. Mm-hmm. You know? And because she didn't have a strong sexual connection, she, was, she wasn't willing to work on it to a, a great degree. Because right. she didn't want to teach him what she needed, you know what I'm saying? Mm. She, she didn't want to go do all of that. Um, do you feel like stuff like that should be it's something that could be overlooked or overcome? Because uh, I feel a lot of women feel like they have the sense of they want or need everything from one person, especially mm-hmm. um, initially, yeah. you know? Right. So I, I mean, I even go through that. Like I have partners, and I'm like, man, it's. Uh, xyz one two three is just this kind of way that he does this one thing in the in the d area you know and um you know i do believe that especially when it comes to sex right you can teach somebody how to i i I refer it to like basketball it don't matter who you are with the right training and the right focus you can teach somebody how to do a slam dunk. It don't matter, right? But you can't grow a motherfucker an arm. You know? <laughs> so sometimes, right. you know, it's a difference between will and skill. And then um, I don't think that um, we should make someone do something that's not them. Because my thing is, does he want to appease her sexually? Or is he just not? Maybe he's asexual. Maybe he's you know, productivity driven. He's not, he just doesn't have a high libido. You know? And mm-hmm. that's where, um, you know, having a strong loveness will support you. Like I, I say now, you know, my one partner that is like, I would say my primary uh, physical partner, because we've been, you know, had a physical relationship for almost five or six years. Um, mm-hmm. Boyfriends, husbands, partners have come and go, but that person has been here. Right. And so we have mm-hmm. to validate the uh strength and the consistency and the in the connection of that relationship and i say you know i don't care who if i get married you know formally again they gonna have to be best friends with my you're not best friends but they're gonna have to be friends they're gonna have to know you know that this person is in my life and that with this person being in my life it's only gonna support uh my happiness and thus the peace of our marriage Mm, right right um but that's me and i know that that's scary for a lot of people you know and even with me dating and meeting other people who may be more conservative or especially men because i'm a woman you know so Mm. a man and he may be ready to be like oh yeah that's mine and i'm Mm. like you know um you can put in on the timeshare of me (laughs) (laughs) right um but it doesn't quite work like that. And um, that's just, you know, like you said, we're, we're in a new paradigm and, and that's just a shift that is happening. Um, but for like, back to what you're saying about, you know, her not willing to do that work and all this stuff, she just probably has to be honest that she just wants something else. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Um, yeah, I get that. I feel like a lot of women. I feel like I get that from a lot of women, though. Even when I'm when I'm dating, because I make it very clear that I'm poly, what I'm looking for, um, that I already have an existing love network, you know. But I'm looking to build a certain type of relationship with someone at some point. 
Right. Uh, I do want to have kids or whatnot. I don't have any myself um, right now. Right. So I understand that because I don't have any kids myself. And I do feel like there is a level of like, oh, community and everybody, you know, non-possession. That's great. But I do, for myself, think that there's a level of poly hierarchy that I mm-hmm. will put into place. Mm-hmm. Um, there probably will be maybe one or two people that are going to take priority in my life, especially the father of my children, mm-hmm. you know, the co-CEO to my business, mm-hmm. you know, the um, priest that is next to me as priestess, you know, those kinds of things. Um right will create a hierarchy that may be one person or that may be two or what have you um but i will create that and then everything else will will still exist in in its place um and and that's just gonna be how it is and i think that especially when you bring in children things do switch a little bit not to say that um you couldn't be solo poly with children but you will have someone that you live with possibly and, and raise children together possibly so when you start getting to nesting partners that changes things too so um i think that everyone has to truly figure out what they want and what they need and that's the hardest part and then living in that truth of what you want and you need and then creating the system for you the structure for you of how you're going to actually like navigate and and work through um, receiving what you want and you need. That's that is a lot of work where we already have a system and a structure set up where you could just go marry one person and go to the court and now everything mm-hmm. is against the world, you know. Right. Um, so we're in this new age, you know, age of Aquarius, where we are no longer getting spoon-fed a cookie cutter version of what romantic love and true love and high value love looks like. Or, or committed mm-hmm. love or whatever. Um, now you have to kind of create your own structure if you don't like, you know, what's already there. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people are not satisfied. Right. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely need something different from what I was um, originally raised on. It was definitely um, a mind opening experience when I first heard about polyamory and. and Mm-hmm. seeing people doing it in a way that I was like, man, like that's possible. <laughs> right, right, right. And I think that, you know, we're coming into like a hybrid place, you know, mm-hmm. where like my parents, my parents have been married for 30 something years. They are what I call monogamous facing. Mm-hmm. Right. But they have probably done more um, in the world of, um, you know, especially when we're talking about intimacy and romance and fun and experimenting. They've probably done more than all of us over these whatever years throughout the marriage. You know what I'm saying? Um, So to me, that was an example. And I didn't really know until I got grown. And I was like, oh, you got, oh, that's what y'all was doing. Um, I'm doing something new. And they like, girl, been there, done that. Um, You know, but for whatever it is that you may need it. And a lot of times it does start with the physical. You know, they like to say, oh, polyamory is not about sex and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, 
then is monogamy not about sex? Because a lot of times it's like I'm with this person that's the only person I'm having sex with. Like that's a main, like we bring sex up as a mm-hmm. part of it, you know. So we can't really take it out. And whenever we do finally look at like okay the physical and then the emotional and then you know going back to all the four legs of the high value love um Mm -hmm. you know you will see that um there's probably people in your life that you are getting that from you just don't qualify that um situation as a relationship you know Mm -hmm. my brain like that's another thing like with now you're saying like men you know they say oh yeah i got a friend that's my friend that's my friend that's not your mm-hmm. big friend. Like you need to really <laughs> give credit to the, to the level and the validity of certain relationships. You know, right. that's why I have three wives because mm-hmm. the relationship is not a sister. It's not a friend, you know? Um, and so it is, a, and it is a committed thing. And so that's why I give that. That's my wife, you know? Um, and so, you know, we're going to get there. We're, we're going to get there. But like I said, it's all going to start with what do you really need and what do you really want? Mm. And that figuring that part out individual is the hardest part of the job. Right. Wow. Well, that's beautiful, Jessica. I really appreciate you coming on today and doing this for me. I know you got um, somewhere you need to be and some things you need to do. I would love to have you on here again at some point sometime. I feel like we could go into like maybe eight or nine different subjects. <laughs> you know, we could talk for like you know, uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm, definitely. And you're definitely a, a wealth of knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this has been a pleasure. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this week's episode of No Relating. Uh, tune in next week where I'll have another guest for all of you. Um, yeah. live, live good. Love good. Peace. Peace.